Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode 126, which we are recording on Tuesday, October 25th. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And what are you wearing today? I am wearing my Newsome sweater, which is a pattern by Bristol Ivy. Funny story about this sweater. I put it on when I was getting dressed and I thought, oh, I need to look up the details about this to talk about on the podcast today. So I was looking on my projects in Ravelry and I couldn't find it. And I thought, how is it possible that (laughs) I don't have a project page for this? Eventually I scrolled down far enough and I did have a project page for it. The shock is that I actually knit this a year ago. Oh yeah. Which is shocking to me because I was looking in my recent history. I was thinking, Oh, I I just knit that just a few months ago, wasn't it? Just a few months ago. And I kept thinking, no, I couldn't have knit it before this or before that. And yes, it's true. I knit this a year ago. <laughs> we are, it's So we were talking about not being able to remember names and things on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Well, I couldn't remember what I was knitting at the retreat last April, which isn't even a full year ago. Right. Same like you, you thought you'd yes. just finished that yeah. and it's been over a year or more. Yeah kind of crazy yeah it is so exactly one year ago in fact because I started it October 18th of 2015 yeah so that was kind of fun it was your Halloween knit from last year and realized that hey I I was knitting this a year ago at this time so it's a fairly to me still a fairly recent knit it still (laughs) feels recent I knit it in the dragonfly fibers Ginny sock And it's a really cozy sweater because I knit the sleeves a little bit longer, not knowing that supposedly sleeves were in for Mm -hmm. the fall of a year in the future. You were (laughs) at the time when I knit it. Looking in your crystal ball. So now my sleeves are supposedly, I don't really know if sleeves, longer sleeves are in style. I keep reading the are, reading they are, but I don't know. Because of the slightly longer sleeves, it is very cozy because I can gather it up on my wrists or pull it down to cover. Don't you love that? Yeah. I love Pull it down to cover my, my sweaters. palms and my wrists and the back of my hand a little bit. So I even at the time considered putting a thumb hole in it, but I didn't. I but actually I have considered <laughs> doing me. that on some sweaters. I actually prefer the bunching around my wrists mm-hmm. in, as mm-hmm. opposed to the thumb hole. Yeah, I was thinking that that might make it a little too casual, and then you have to wear it exactly in that position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this way, I have options. <laughs> yeah, I wore my Aranya this weekend, and it has thumb holes. And it's not that I minded having thumb holes, but I definitely prefer to not have to mess with that. Mm-hmm. You know, just the yeah. casual... Yeah cozy around your wrist like you said so it's very nice mine is in the district 12 colorway it was a fun knit interesting construction starts Mm -hmm. at the bottom of the sweater in the back and goes upwards obviously has to go upwards if it starts in the bottom but you knit it bottom up the sleeves get joined together you knit the sleeves separately and the sleeves get joined and it's a very cozy sweater like well I and said. it's unique because the fronts are sideways garter that's right but the back yes. is stockinette 
in portions of the back or something, right. as are the sleeves. Right. But it almost so, has a raglan join, kind of a raglan shape. It shaped. looks like one, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, like Gail said, the fronts are garter, so lengthwise, so it's almost like a knitted-on collar, but it's not knitted on. The sweater is all knit in one interesting piece with this unusual construction. Yeah, I like the... <laughs> The different textures yes. of the stock and it against I do the too. garter stitch, I do and that too. makes it look comfier too. I yeah. think. Yeah, and the gray is tonal, so there's there's some different tones showing up, and you have the texture texture of the stitches and the way the tonality shows up differently in the garter versus the mm -hmm. stock in it too. I yeah. really like that contrast. Yeah. It's really pretty. Thank you. So that is Newsome by Bristol Ivy. What are you wearing, Gail? I am wearing my Red Robin shawl, which is a pattern from Helen Stewart, and it is also in gray. We're the gray girls today, <laughs> and it is just a soft, wonderful, it's a silk merino blend yarn, and I can't remember the name. Sorry, I can't remember the name of the yarn off the top of my head, but it's just a very simple little triangular shawlette. It was a very, very fun knit and it's super cozy just to wear around your neck. Our temperatures right now are in the 60s, but it's trying to rain and it's not quite succeeding. So it's just the perfect layer for me with the fluctuating temperatures. And it's yeah. always, even though it's in the 60s, it seems colder because there are lots of clouds and we have this spectacular sunrise today. It was one of the prettiest sunrises I've ever seen. Had to stop on my way home from my spin class to jump out of the car and take pictures. And I jumped out of the car and I turned around away from the ocean and there's a giant rainbow on the other side. It's like, oh, there's a rainbow on one side and this beautiful orange, pink, amazing sunrise on the other side. It was just a wonderful day and perfect weather, even though the sky was this gray, stormy color in the background. And it was just spectacular <laughs> so that weird this weird weather that we're having just this little chalet yeah. layer is perfect for me it today is. it is so here's my theory of why 60 sometimes feels cold and sometimes doesn't mm -hmm. i think that 60 is about it's just a point where for our days anyway 60s can often be the low for the day mm -hmm. but a lot of what we term as colder days, the 60s often, 60 degrees approximately is often the high for the day. Yep. But when 60 is the high for the day, it feels very different from 60 as opposed to being the low for the day. Definitely. Because yeah. your body is cold anyway. So rising up to 60, 60 doesn't feel warm. No, you're but right. But then when it's a warm day and it cools down and 60 is the low, 60 feels pretty good perfect yeah <laughs> so, and plus for me theory. when there's wind and there are clouds and things 60 feels colder yes than oh if it's absolutely yeah. wind chill yes wind chill makes a big difference yep so that's my red robin shawl and it has yeah. cute little tassels on the end and i was it just does. playing with them really like they're like little them. puff balls and i'm rubbing them against my cheeks <laughs> and i used a technique on my um tassels where you actually kind of fray each strand of yarn so it makes the tassels fuller, and I don't know, I like it a lot. Yes, so very nice. Just a little <laughs> addition there, a little modification maybe. All right, so what have you been stocking? Well, we have both been stocking the same thing, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> Locatelli's newest collection. We've been stocking a small four-piece collection 
which is, I think, small in number, but big on style. Yeah, that's a good way <laughs> to describe it, yeah. Favorite Things Basic Plus Gray. And Hohe just released this, I want to say, two or three weeks ago. And Shortly before Rhinebeck, probably. Yeah. yeah. And it has a shawl and three pullover sweaters. That's true. All three are pullovers. All are pullovers. All very casual. And when she says favorite things, I think of it as your favorite type of sweater that you just want to pull on for a casual day. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> because that's what they are. All the all the three sweaters are very casual sweaters that you would pull on for a fun day out at the park, at home, just whatever casual. Mm-hmm. You know? The coziest so, sweaters in your wardrobe, yes, kind of. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And the All I Want shawl is knit in an Aran weight yarn, so it's going to be bigger, thicker, cozier. Kind of like wrapping yourself up in a blanket almost. Yes, yeah. exactly. So you and I each have our favorites. We do. What's My your favorite? immediate favorite was the Granito sweater. I looked at that and I just said, how does Hohe keep designing the things that I want to wear? Because <laughs> I wanted to wear that sweater immediately. Immediately. So Granito, let me tell you about it. It's a fingering weight pullover with pockets, drop shoulder sleeves, knit in the round from the top down, and it's got some it's got some slip stitch detailing. And let's see, it's like a little little um, faux seam almost, maybe? Yeah, faux seam rows of stitching that are highlighted on either side of the sweater. And then it leads down to where the pocket is on the front. Some of the folks that made the sweater have done the pockets and with contrasting lining, which is my plan as well. Very fun. Looks like a little sty- stylish sweatshirt somewhat. Mm-hmm. I, say, I seem to so say that cute. a lot about things and I don't want to lower it in terms of style by comparing it to a sweatshirt but just the term favorite things makes me think it's probably okay because <laughs> yes I don't think that's lowering it okay I don't okay. think so but it's, hopefully it's just one of <laughs> it should opinion just well. be one of your favorite things that you want to pull on absolutely it's, in love with this sweater it, to me it's kind of similar to boxy in that sense that it's super comfortable to wear and super versatile because it does look very comfortable but you could totally style that with a skirt or something and dress it up as well Mm -hmm. so it's super cute I love the the fit of it it's there's positive ease but not as much positive ease as like the boxy was no right and you it's so simple with only the slip stitches as the main design element and the pockets, I think, mm-hmm. that you could do it in any type of yarn. I mean, tonal, solid. You could even do self-striping with that. It might even be really cool. And, Probably you know, would. variegated would be really pretty. I'm thinking about my sweater quantity of Frozen that I have from Western Sky Knits. It I might think be you super could absolutely cute. do this one in a variegated mm-hmm. because the the... The rows of the 
the slip stitches don't I think texturally it would they would still stand out even if your yarn was multicolored. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your favorite piece? My favorite was Trevor. And Trevor, mm. she calls your basic pullover with flare and stripes. And although it's a, it's called a sweater, I think it's almost more of a tunic. It's so, a tunic sweater. Yeah. Yes. It is another fingering weight sweater. It has raglan sleeve shaping, and it's just your basic pullover, like her description says. But at the bottom of the sleeves and the bottom of the sweater, it has stripes. And it is an A-line shaping. A-line, yeah. So you have plenty of room. She even uses swing as one of the tags. That's right. So you definitely could sweater, exactly yeah. style it with leggings or, you know, stretchy jeans or mm-hmm. pretty much anything you want. Yeah. And I think it's just beautiful. And several of my knitting friends online have knit this and did it as a test for Hohi, and they chose some of the most amazing color combinations. So there's one, Karen did one that's dark and has a, a great, why do I never think of this word? A, um, you know, when the color changes slowly. Gradient. Gradient, thank you. I was going to call it a gradation, and I knew that wasn't right. Gradient stripes at the bottom, and it's just stunning. So this is another one that you could do with all sorts of combinations. Hohe's is a very light color with dark stripes. Other people have done the opposite and just endless possibilities. My friend Sarah, A Spell of Winter, has made two. She made wow. a pink one and a turquoise one. And I don't know which one I love more. <laughs> so, yeah, that's another one that I'm stash shopping for and trying to figure out which yarn I want to use and do I have enough. And they're... I would love to do that in my elfin tweed that I got for your when we birthday shopped for you that year. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful turquoise mm-hmm. with tweed flex in it, but I don't know if I have enough yardage to do that. I could probably do it if I did shorter sleeves. So here I am stash shopping as we, <laughs> as we speak. So Trevor, very simple, very straightforward, very wearable. I mean, I live in swingy style mm-hmm. tunics with mm-hmm. leggings, so that would totally fit into my wardrobe. Yeah, I really like it. Yeah. And then the last pullover sweater is called the Textured Pullover. And I actually really like this one, too. My only hesitation is that this is the worsted weight pullover in the collection, which would make it mm, slightly less desirable for me in this climate. But it is still really cute. It's striped, and each stripe has its own texture or each yarn has its own texture hence the name textured pullover so when you look at it up close there's texture striping it's not too much going on though right it's really cute because it's for the texture is also very subtle yes like it is it. very subtle <laughs> i like it and i should mention that all of them are crew necked yes so, that's true yeah, yeah very basic very basic but i do like that the textured pullover so you said the worsted weight Mm-hmm. not being something you might wear in our climate. I've been wearing my worsted weight sweaters every day lately, especially towards the evening in my house. It's yeah. just cool enough. Yeah. I've been loving them, snuggling yeah. up in them. My ease has been worn a lot lately. I do, and that's a good point. I have a couple. I have one dragonfly pullover that I've made. That's another Hohe design. And then I have an ease and when it gets cold, I do wear those mm-hmm. quite a bit. So that is true. When it's 
when it's cold enough, I do wear them quite a bit. Yeah. I actually wore ease to walk the dog yesterday, oh. and it was just windy enough that that was perfect. Mm-hmm. It felt really mm-hmm. good to wear it, but then it felt really good when the wind picked up. You know, it was the perfect <laughs> yeah. cool me back down yeah. thing. So yeah. And then, the uh, in addition to the three things, the shawl. Yeah, it's beautiful. The shawl, named All I Want, is a triangular-shaped shawl with eyelets and lace. It's knit in 515 yards of Aran white yarn, so snugly and squishy in the chunkier yarn. You know, this is interesting. I had a dream not too long ago, and I don't remember anything else about the dream except for the shawl and the shawl was a worsted weight shawl and I remember that for some reason because it was a chunky shawl and it was big and I remember wrapping it around myself like a blanket and I do have a shawl that I knit in a worsted weight and I remember in my dream thinking oh it must be that shawl that I'm wearing, you know? <laughs> well, and you have the brickless that I made. The uh, oh, deep sea jellyfish that's was, true. well, it's that's light worsted, but still yeah. it's a huge shawl. So yeah. you could wrap yourself up in that. Yeah. And three of the four designs are two color and have stripes. Oh, that's So the all I want shawl, the yeah. border is a darker gray than the body of the shawl. So that's. That's true. Yeah. So that's you could. True. I wonder if anyone has done it as a solo. I'm sure somebody either has or will. Or will. Yeah. Because yeah, I actually considered doing it in a solid because it takes 515 yards and I remember thinking that I had a 600 yard skein of something of Aaron would know it's oh, actually it a, a fingering weight yeah. yarn but it's still 600 yards yep. <laughs> so you get so, a smaller shawl but yeah it's still yeah yeah but beautiful. I remember thinking huh I could probably do that in a solid too and Hohi was gracious enough to give us a copy of the collection for a giveaway. So we will open a thread and we'll probably run the thread for about 10 days and close it before we next record. Yeah. So if you're interested in a copy of the beautiful collection of four patterns, join that or comment in the thread about the which thread. is your favorite pattern in the collection. Yeah, I'm really curious to hear which pattern is people's favorites well and also tell us what yarn you would use if you know because that's another thing I always love to hear I do too actually especially you know if you're going to sub out it gives me good ideas exactly (laughs) oh I wouldn't have thought of that that's a very good idea yeah so that's what we're stocking favorite things basic plus gray by Hohi Locadelli so before we get into what are we knitting I'm extremely annoyed with my knitting needles at the moment. (laughs) They are Knit Picks Interchangeables, which I love. I happen to dearly love them. But the cable is coming out of the join. So there's this little ridge, and my yarn keeps catching in the ridge. I keep trying to shove it back in, and it's not working. So when I get home, I have to throw this cable away. Yeah. So what am I knitting? I think I'm knitting something that's annoying. (laughs) So what are you knitting? What am I knitting? Well... Speaking of that collection. From the Hoagie collection, I did cast on Granito just a couple days ago, so I haven't gotten very far on it. I'm only a few inches in. I'm knitting mine in Western Sky Knits Magnolia Luxe Sock, which is a yarn made of 75 merino, 15 cashmere, and 10 silk. 
So it feels oh, la, la. very soft. <laughs> it's very nice. I think it's worth mentioning that the original yarn used in Hohe's sweater is not 100% wool. It is a wool linen blend. And huh. I can't remember how... Why did I not remember that? Let's see, it's a, I believe it is a Manos yarn. Yes, it is Milo by Manos del Uruguay, and it's 65% merino, 35% linen. Oh, Interesting blend. Yeah. So if you look closely at the photo, if you've ever looked at linen wool blends, usually the linen has a little texture to it when you mix it with the wool and it definitely takes the dye differently so mm -hmm. it looks almost heathered maybe heathered yeah, yeah. that's a I good i wondered way. why that yarn or why the sweater had that look to it that's oh why. yeah 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 because and it, now that i think about it it has a particular drape to it that would be from the linen well and that's exactly it that's why i thought this yarn would probably be a good sub because it's got the Cashmere and the silk. Cashmere and the silk. The so I think it's going to be more drapey or drape just a little bit differently than the merino nylon yarn that I was also considering using. I also think that this yarn, while being softer, it's going to work well for a what would be considered an against the skin sweater as opposed to a cardigan. Work yeah, well. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. softer so, against the skin. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do with it, so it was one of those perfect matchings, perfect pairings. <laughs> and it was a fun cast on because we had a little knitting get together on Sunday. We, we being Charlene, Carol, who is Love Pie, and I all went to visit our friend Anne, AG so and so, in Pebble Beach, and we had a great afternoon together. We and did. we watched Charlene cast on. <laughs> for Granito, and all four of us had a hohi knit on the needles. Interesting. Huh? I don't think we put that together when we were sitting I there, did. but I realized I just it this morning. about that, yeah. Anne wasn't, Anne's knitting Manzanilla, and she wasn't actually knitting it on it, while we were sitting there. pulled it out she did, and showed yeah. it to us. So I had my were, Citadel out. had a hohi sweater on the table. Yeah, Carol was doing her three-color cashmere shawl. I was knitting on, well, we were fixing Citadel, story to follow, and you were casting on Granito. Yeah. It was a very cool little... Uh, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, spreading I the hoe he love. that together. Yeah. yeah. So, like I said, I'm only a few inches in on this. But it is stunning. The yarn. Tell them about the yarn. You told them the, the blend. So, but... the color is called Surprise. And I guess you would... It's a gray base. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for my stain. It's a gray base with flecks of pink and turquoise. Occasionally, jewel yeah, jewel tones. Occasionally there's a little bit of green in there and I thought there was sometimes a little bit of gold. It, it is. Might, there so might be a little bit of gold pretty. in different skein. It's just so incredibly beautiful. I'm like really happy with the way a it's turning out. Yeah. Especially since I didn't know what I was going to make with this yarn. So now I'm very excited for it. Well, and I'm sitting here chuckling to myself because I'd been telling myself how I wasn't going to need to buy much at Stitches this year because I already have such a great stash. But I know I want to get some Crimson Knight from Heather. 
And now I'm thinking, and I must have some surprise from Kim. So, oh goodness, I just have to stop looking at all your beautiful knits because it just inspires me to want more sweater quantities. And I have too many as it is. Okay, so are you knitting anything else? I also have a hat on the needles. I haven't gotten it last... Last time we recorded, I think I said I needed to get a shawl on the needles, and for some reason, I just haven't done that yet, but I have a hat. Tis the season to knit hats. Yes, definitely. We do this every year. We do. Starting in October. We do. So how about you? What are you knitting? I have several new cast-ons that I'm knitting, and right now, the one I'm knitting is the Baby Sophisticate Sweater by Lyndon Down, and this is a very, very popular pattern on Ravelry. She has the Newborn Sophisticate, I think it's called, which is a free pattern, mm -hmm. and then the Baby Child Sophisticate, which is a pattern you can purchase through Ravelry that has sizes up to, I mean, three months up to like 10 years, I think. And I purchased that pattern on Saturday because I had decided, based on all my other knitting, then I needed something brainless and stockinette. And I have two babies arriving for whom I need to knit gifts. And I said to my husband, I'm going to go to the Swift Stitch. And he said, oh, is Charlene working? And I said, nope, I need yarn for a baby sweater. So I headed down to the Swift Stitch. They had just received an order of Malabriga Rios. And I bought two skeins of Rios, which is their worsted 100% merino in a colorway called Bobby Blue. And Bobby Blue, the Bobby Blue I've seen before, is usually a much lighter, almost pastel baby blue. I knit a hat for Max with it a long time ago. This is a teal color. This almost looks like teal feather to me, actually. Like mm. it could be mismarked almost. It is really, really beautiful. It's a deep, deep teal blue with gray in it. And the sweater itself is a top-down raglan-shaped simple sweater that when you're done with the body you go back of course and you knit the little sleeves which are teeny tiny and then you pick up around the fronts and you put on a little shawl collar and button bands so it's a nice. very very cute precious little sweater my cousin who is about I think he's 14 years younger than I am my youngest cousin he and his wife are expecting their second child who is another going to be another boy so this seemed like the perfect sweater for him and I'm really enjoying the knit. It is so straightforward, easy, and just the yarn is knitting up beautifully. So it's just a perfect jewel tone turquoise. I do. Yeah, I'm loving it. So that is the Baby Sophisticate by Lyndon Down. Also still going strong on my Citadel, the long cableicious sweater by Hohe. And thank goodness for our get together on Sunday because I had a little mishap with my cables on Citadel. And I don't know how many of you are like me, and I know Charlene tends to do the same thing. You're knitting merrily along, and I'm all sure of myself. Oh, look, I'm going on my cables. I've got it going on. I've, you know, I don't usually knit cables, and I'm doing so well. And then I go back and Famous look, and like, exactly, two inches <laughs> down, I have a mistake in my cables. It's like, oh, got to go drop down, and I'm full of myself, thinking, oh, this will be easy. Child's play. I can fix a cable. Well, not so much. I was having a really bad headache and taking my special headache medicine that has codeine in it, which we lovingly refer to in the family as mommy's dumbing down medicine. So every time I take it, I kind of get not as smart as normal. <laughs> so I'm trying to fix these cables. And after 90 minutes of trying to fix 
a 10 stitch cable. So I drop down just these 10 stitches, trying over and over and over, and I can't figure out what I'm doing wrong, why I can't just knit it correctly. And I finally realized, you need to put this down. This is not going to get any better. So when we went and hung out with everybody on Sunday, I brought it with me and Anne rescued me. She figured out after even she had trouble wrapping her mind around what was going on, but she figured out what I'd done, helped me fix it, and then yesterday I fixed the left cable. So Citadel's going strong again, and I'm not going to get too sure of myself, and I'm going to check my work every few rows and make sure I haven't made a mistake. But so far, I have joined for the joined the fronts and back for the body, and I'm about four inches past the underarm, which is where you do a couple waist decreases, and then you knit straight, and then you do some increases. And I think you knit the cable pattern for, I want to say 18 inches, can't remember for sure. And then there's some mistake rib or broken rib at the bottom, like several inches worth. So I have quite a ways to go on the sweater. Still trying to decide if I want to modify the sleeves to leave out the cable. Carol mm -hmm. and I were talking about this because Carol cast on her Citadel as well. I haven't decided quite what I'm going to do with the sleeves. But then also there is a big shawl collar to be worked on Citadel as well. So there's a lot of knitting ahead of me. Let's put it this way. I'm about two-thirds done with my second ball, and it will probably take six or seven balls of yarn. So lots to go. And it is a challenge. It's a good challenge. It's a healthy challenge. So if you're in the mood, you know how you have your Zen knitting, mm -hmm. your stockinette, which is right. why I cast on the baby sweater. Right. And then you have your challenging knitting. Mm -hmm. This is my challenging knitting. Yeah. So that's the slot it's filling right now. Good combo to have one of each on the needle. Yeah, my mistake was the other two casts on for last week were the Snowflake Party Shawl by Martina Beam and the, the Kilbride Beret by Wooly Wormhead from the book we reviewed last mm -hmm. episode, both of which have lace. So there are charts you have to follow in both. Mm -hmm. And once I was at the charts on both the beret and the shawl, and I had the cable malfunction, it's like, I can't, this is too much paying attention. I need something that I don't yeah. even have to think about. Yeah. So that's when the sweater got cast on. So the Kilbride beret, though, is going to be beautiful. It's bottom-up. It's a bottom-up hat, and you knit. It's all in garter stitch, which I didn't realize when we reviewed it. So I thought just the brim was in garter stitch. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah. You actually do the lace pattern. Your lace rows are knit, and then oh. the, the odd rows are purled all oh, in the round. So you get a garter stitch lace pattern, and then I'm assuming the rest of the hat must be garter stitch as well, otherwise it would look strange. So that, you only do the lace pattern for a couple of inches, and it's not a difficult lace pattern at all, but I just wasn't, you know, feeling another pattern mm -hmm. at the moment. So yeah. if I just power through those couple inches of lace, then it'll be just garter, garter stitch, yeah. yeah, for the rest of the hat, yeah. so that'll be easy. Yeah. And the snowflake party shawl, is beautiful and I'm really enjoying the knitting on that as well but there is a pattern you have to follow for the border to keep that snowflake pattern mm -hmm. there and then it's like a 10 row repeat or something throughout the body maybe it's 14 row and some of the rows have lace work as well mm -hmm. so I do actually have to keep track of yeah. my rows yeah. which isn't difficult but it's just one more thing to keep track of right. so lots of things on the needles but I'm enjoying them all so Maybe I'll actually have one of those finished by the next time we record. We'll see. It's not going to be Citadel, that's for sure. So speaking of finished things, 
I finished a third Kit Kat hat, Aww. which is a pattern by Andre Sue Knits. It's a free pattern on Ravelry that is just very basic knit in the round hat. And then after you do a three needle bind off at the top, you add in stitch in a couple of stitches to form the ears and you have the kitty cat. <laughs> so very basic. And I using up a lot of my worsted weight leftovers just to get some charity hats knit for the year, for the season. Are you say. knitting those child-sized or adult-sized or teen-sized? Yes or? and yes. Okay, I've a little bit of everything. I've made a couple. I think I've made all three of them different sizes. So Depending the, on how depending much of that on yarn, how much yarn, yarn yeah. I have. Yeah, exactly. And I also made just a plain beanie, which is similar to the one that I have on the needles now. Very basic, ribbing at the bottom, stockinette at the top, regular decreases to form the top of the hat. Very basic. And the biggest thing that I've finished is I've finished the knitting part of my Kriya sweater, which is a pattern by Isolde Teague Yay. that Isolde designed based on an old photo of a stockinette and garter stitch child sweater, I believe it was, from the photo. And as I knit this one, I wasn't sure if I would like the finished object once I got going. But now that i finished it, I actually do like it. I still have to purchase buttons for it and do the blocking and the finishing work. Basically, all still needs to be done. So I'm not totally finished with it, but it's off the needles and I was able to try it on enough to know that I do like it. Yay, good. <laughs> it's an interesting sweater because it's knit in 100% fingering weight alpaca. So... Though it's a fine yarn, it's still very warm. And even when I, I'm just trying it on in the house, when I put it on, I instantly get really warm. Wow. So we'll see how, I, I think I'll be able to wear it in colder weather. That'll be a nice layer, though. It'll be a lightweight it's layer, a very light but very weight warm layer. Yes, exactly. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy with them, actually. I was kind of iffy about it. Yeah, before. you were. I was and worried. now I... I like it on, so I just have to figure out buttons. So that's it. That means we should go to Hertz. Yeah. Our local fabric store has an yeah. amazing button selection. Yeah, I definitely need to. Their grain ribbon selection has gone seriously downhill, though. Yes, I would it's depressing. Agree. I would agree. How about you? What have you finished? I finished all the things from our last episode. So I finished my sans serif sweater, which is a pattern by Elizabeth Doherty from her top-down reimagining set-in sleeves book. And speaking of finishing work, I did all the finishing on that on Saturday, including sewing in the girl green ribbon and sewing all my buttons for a photo shoot. We had a photo shoot on Sunday and I did this. I did several things and Charlene did a ton of FOs. <laughs> so if you've been wanting to see finished object pictures for any of her sweaters, You'll probably be able to see them now. Have you uploaded all of them? Not all of them. Okay, you're slowly Can't doing do that probably. Can't do it all at once. Yeah. But I thought maybe one a day. Sweet. <laughs> so keep your eyes posted because excellent pictures. Carol was taking the pictures and she's an excellent photographer. And we had an excellent setting and the lighting was perfect. It was all good. And of course there were knitting women giggling at each other. So <laughs> it was fun. 
Uh, so that was sans serif. Also finished my Tupshin socks, which is the pattern from Stranded Magazine. And that's a pattern by Erin Burnell. And I did mine in the BFL sock yarn from Spencer Hill, which is naturally dyed with logwood and it's beautiful. And for the contrasting color, I did a light gray and it's a beautiful contrast for the cuff, heels and toes, but there's a tiny bit of color work right under the cuff on the sock. And it's not a great contrast for that little bit of color work. I almost should have switched out a yarn just for that color work to make it pop more, but the socks are beautiful. They're a lace pattern from the bottom of the cuff down to where you start the heel and then the lace continues on the top of your foot only. Super cute socks. And the next thing I finished was the Skykomish cow, which I think was the biggest hit of the day on Sunday of all of my FOs. I would agree. Yeah, it, it's the also from the Stranded magazine, and it's by Lee Meredith, and it's a cowl that you can pull up as a hood, and it has really interesting, fun construction with lots of cables that are very simple to memorize, and it's just really cute. It's it not... Is. I think I should block it more aggressively so that there's a little more room for when I pull it up as a hood because mm -hmm. it's kind of close fitting right now, mm -hmm. but it is fabulous. Really great fun knit, and I used the Quince & Company, their new Phoebe sport weight yarn that is, I think it's kettle dyed, and it has just enough tonal variation in it to really look beautiful knit up. I'm I really, agree. I love this yarn. There will be much more of it in my future. <laughs> So really enjoyed that. I really love the finished object. And I almost wore that today, but I figured it would be too warm and it would kind of muffle my voice for recording. So uh -huh. didn't wear that today. And then the last thing I finished was the sock head hat. And that was in the Knit Picks Felici self-striping, which I think is a perfect use for that yarn because it's a really soft yarn, even though it has that 25% nylon content. Mm -hmm. So it knit up really, really cute in the sock head. So I think... The other skeins I have of that will probably become sock additional sock head hats because cool. it's the easiest knit ever yeah, to have on is. the needles. So I even have a skein. I brought a skein and I got new needles at the Swift Stitch on Saturday. Nice. We went to the high school for Max's academic counseling session on Friday and uh -huh. I grabbed the yarn and my US2 circular needles yeah. and I dropped them somewhere at school. Oh. But they were my old really beat up ones. Yeah. So, so it was, I was okay like, to Oh shucks. Nice I lost my yeah. size two needles. <laughs> I have to go replace them with Knitter's Pride Dreams needles, which I happen to love. So that was not tragic in any way. So yeah, sock head hat. If you've never knit one, they're awesome. So because I just finished my sans serif sweater, we thought we'd talk a little bit about finishing work today and things that Charlene and I often do when we've finished a hand knit, particularly sweaters. So I mentioned that I had used Grain ribbon on my button band, and we talk about that, but we never really have talked about why we use Grain ribbon. So basically, if you've knit a sweater with button bands, sometimes it helps to have a ribbon that you've sewn to the sweater behind the button band to give that button band more stability. So when you are manipulating the sweater by buttoning it, you don't stretch the fabric out of shape or otherwise, you know, especially with like a fingering weight sweater, it's mm -hmm. very easy to overstretch the yarn or the fabric in that area. Sans serif was a worsted weight sweater. So 
I didn't need to add grow green ribbon to it for stability, but I think it looks pretty on the inside too if you're using a contrasting color or Charlene and I often pick ribbon that has cute little animals on it yeah. or hearts it's, on it. It can be a fun finish as well as perhaps a necessity. It's yeah. not always a necessity, but it's a fun finish. I remember having sweaters when I was a kid that were store-bought sweaters but had fabric or ribbon on the inside sewn like that and I think a lot of it was to help the edging keep its shape number one mm -hmm. because the edging of sweaters especially kids sweaters can get pulled out of shape so I think that it helps keep the shape and then it also gives support to the buttons like Gail mentioned with fingering weight sweaters sometimes it's hard to sew on a button if your fabric is really thin. It can give you just a little extra layer to hand sew your buttons to. I think that helps. I think you also have to look out if your fabric is, if your knit fabric is that light, then you want to make sure you're not making it too heavy for the garment also. You have to look out for those kind of things. And As you have make to make the, the ribbon itself too heavy so that it pulls the so sweater out of shape. it's or? not pulling the sweater right. in a way that it's not supposed to be pulled. If your fabric is that light, maybe if it were a light lace weight fabric mm -hmm. or something like that, then you'd have to be aware. But you also have to be aware when picking buttons. So in a perfect world, we would all pick buttons before we knit our sweater or before we got to the button area of the garment so that we would know what kind of buttonholes to put on horizontal or vertical we would know how large to make our buttonholes like I said that's a perfect world we don't all <laughs> do that I myself have been guilty of not doing that but that way you know you can plan how many buttonholes, because if you find a button that you absolutely love, and for example, you only have nine buttons, you know that you're only going to put nine buttonholes on. So that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's always good to plan as far in advance. I'm so guilty of not doing that too, though. Well, I often, you know, just blindly follow the pattern and don't even think about oh, well, do I want to add an extra buttonhole mm -hmm. or do I want to change the buttonhole from what they're asking for in the mm -hmm. pattern? Because there are so many different types of buttonholes out there. there and are. some do look a lot better than others. Yes. I think that Elizabeth's buttonhole method looks much more tailored and feels much more stable than mm -hmm. a lot of the buttonholes that I've done. And I haven't paid enough attention over the years to what type of buttonholes I like and don't like, although mm -hmm. now I will remember I like Elizabeth's method. Mm -hmm. But the forethought you're mentioning is really smart because like you said, if you have fewer or more buttons that you want to use, you can strategize you can that. make it work. Yeah. Exactly. If you're, the button you fell in love with is slightly larger or smaller than the buttonhole or button that's called for on the pattern, then you can change the size of your buttonhole while you're knitting it. You know, that's, going in with that in mind is really a smart thing to do, which I you should change the direction, often. horizontal or vertical, depending on how your garment is pulling. You might want a different shape of button or a different orientation of buttonhole. And I guess you could even put, if you have a button that's, that needs some support, you could also use backing buttons. 
Yeah, that's another thing that I'd never even heard of before a few years ago. And the Knit More Girls have great tutorials about applying grow grain ribbon mm-hmm. and applying buttons. Mm-hmm. And I think in their tutorial, they even show the garment that they're sewing the buttons onto. The button is much heavier than you would normally use for the garment. Mm-hmm. So the grow grain ribbon is providing the stability for that heavier button because without it, that would really pull and tug on the knit fabric. So those are two great resources that are out there. That's how I learned how to apply the grow grain ribbon and it looks pretty and yeah. their instructions are fabulous. So that was a nice horn. <laughs> so those are two great resources to check out and backing buttons. So that provides more stability, right? Is the idea. Yeah. Of those. I off, I have seen backing buttons used and have garments that have backing buttons. They're often heavier garments, jackets, coats, that kind of garment usually have the backing button often because the button is larger and is meant to go through probably a thicker fabric or maybe several layers of fabric as in if a coat has a coat and a lining then the button has to be sewn in heavier duty I guess I would say the backing button is nice for that I've also used a backing button on hats when I um, I should clarify I've put a button on the underside of the top of a hat it's not this I don't know if it's a backing button if it's not backing another button (laughs) (laughs) but I think of it as a backing button because I use these little clear buttons yeah which are often traditional backing buttons and my mom sews a lot, so she had she had bought some bolt orders with <laughs> yeah, with multiple thousands of backing buttons. So I have a big bag of these clear backing buttons. And I have put them on the top of hats to support a pom-pom. Oh, that's a brilliant idea. Yeah, I've done that before because brilliant. it seems it I don't know if you know, sometimes if the hat has a pom-pom on the top and it's a lightweight hat. It just kind of flops. Yeah, pom-poms can be standing heavy. up yeah. tall. And the button, I think, gives it a little bit more strength, more stability to stand up. And I guess you could even put a bigger button, too. I've never thought about that. I have relatively small backing buttons, but I, I guess you could experiment with that with a button underneath a pom-pom, make, making it a little bit bigger to give it a little more sp- stability. That would be a good idea. idea. No. Yeah. So lots of different things you can do with backing buttons, too. You know, the clear ones are what I typically use also, but it's really fun to put some quirky buttons yeah. inside as a backing yeah. button. That's fun, yeah. too. That so. can be, too. Yeah, your, your little collar flops over, and you may or may not have <laughs> grain ribbon, and then you have these cute little surprise buttons yeah, on the inside, true. especially for that's a child's true. sweater. You know, and not then, a baby because they could choke on them, but yeah. You know. And then the other thing to keep in mind when you're picking buttons is flat buttons or shanked buttons. And what is a shank button? Because shanked buttons are the buttons that have the little. It can be metal or plastic, but the little hole that sticks out on the back side of the button to sew through. So that a shanked button, if you put it down on a table, it wouldn't sit flat. It would roll around on its edges, rolling on the shank. 
So you sew through the shank when you're applying right, the button as right. opposed to holes in the button. Right, whereas a flat button would lay flat on the table and the flat buttons have two holes or four holes. And then the shank button has usually one hole in the shank. When you sew a shanked button onto knit fabric, that can be a little problematic too mm -hmm. because it tends to flop yeah. depending on how you sew it. So you can't really use a shanked button with a backing button for stability, but probably the ribbon would help a little yeah. bit with stability. In the but, Knit More Girls tutorial, it's a shanked button. Oh, the, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so you're right with yeah. the girl grain ribbon. Yeah. And then the other thing to keep in mind, if you are sewing a flat button onto a thicker piece of fabric like a worsted weight sweater mm -hmm. or an Aran weight sweater and especially with a chunky weight sweater and if you have a flat button you may want to make a threaded shank for that button so that when you put the button through the button hole there is a little bit of space there for that second piece of fabric yes does I, that make yes, sense yes it does so in other words if you're trying to button it and there's not enough space for that second layer of fabric to fit it's, under your button, it's a bummer. It's so, just going to be tight. Yeah. And the butt, it, it'll just be tight and it'll always be difficult to button. Mm -hmm. So to make a threaded shank, the way I was taught by my mom and grandmother, I'm sure not the only way, like with all other things, <laughs> sewing and knitting, there are lots of ways. But what I tend to do is after I've secured my thread and after I have a stitch or two through the button holes in the fabric, I take my thread, wrap it around the underside of the button several times, just wrap it around and around and around without stitching. Just wrap it between the button and your fabric around the one or two stitches that you've already made and it makes a little tiny threaded shank. And then you can continue on, do a few more stitches through the fabric and the button to secure it but that way it's like a little spacer the other thing the other trick that i've seen i don't remember where i saw this but to take a knitting needle particularly a dpn would be easy for this and to put it between the fabric and the button so oh, as you're right. sewing the button on yes. the the knitting needle is maintaining that space between the fabric and the button. Yeah. So then when you're done sewing on the button, you remove the knitting needle and you have enough space to button that second layer of fabric yeah. under the button. Yeah. So that's a good I've one too. too. And of course you'd choose the size DPN based on how much fabric you need to tuck how under that space. button. Right. Yeah. So and two then, tricks. Yeah. And then button bands, button bands can be knit on or crocheted on, I should mention. I want to try that technique. You did that on Magnolia, I did right? that on my Magnolia cardigan because it was a very large button band that needed to be added on. It, it was a tunic. It is a tunic-length sweater, fingering weight, and it's one band that goes all the way around the neck from edge to edge at the bottom of the cardigan. And I started picking up stitches for it and just thought, you know, I'm going to try the crochet. I'm and so glad you did. It's, I, it was really pretty, it too. It was so is really pretty. much faster 
<laughs> it was very pretty. It was easy to do the buttonhole. I can't tell you now. I don't remember how I did the buttonhole, but the, it was very easy. And the really fun thing is that if you picked up and you don't like it, it's so easy just to rip that one thread out. Do you only have one loop that you have to keep keep attentive to, and then you do it again. Instead of picking it up, knitting a few rows, realizing, oh, no, it's too tight or yeah. it's too loose. So I finished that button band so much faster yeah, than I'm, every other button band. I'm going to try that for sure. Now, I was wondering, though, do you think there's any difference between crochet and knitting in terms of the stability of the button band, or do you think they're the equivalent? They're probably hmm. the equivalent, or maybe even the That's crocheted one would be a little stronger. Question. I'm not, you know, I'm not really sure. Because the other crochet finishing technique that's really helpful can be to crochet, for example, around the the collar of oh, a sweater yeah. so that it doesn't to grow. Stability yeah, so strength. I would think that yeah. with crochet, depending on how you, what crocheted stitch you used, of course. It, that button band would be stronger. Hmm. Yeah. Not I'm that not it's sure. an issue on the Magnolia sweater. I right, was just curious. Because it's really light. It, yeah. It's a good thing to try, though, I think. Yep. I did a, a Grow Grain Ribbon backing on my Magnolia one, too, because I used single-ply fingering on that, and I didn't want the buttonholes to get pulled out of shape and stuff. And if you're really talented as a seamstress, like Erin from the Double Knit Podcast, you can even do ribbon backing on the button side yeah. I mean on the button hole yeah. side right so if right. you have a That's sewing right. machine we didn't that can even do it mention that I you don't... can you can even just clip little holes in the ribbon and hand sew around see I'm not I could but I don't... <laughs> I'd have to be pretty convinced it was necessary before I would yeah take the time to do yeah. that because I would just anticipate that I'd blow it and <laughs> it would look horrible or whatever so you can do it on both sides right. of the sweater right so and you have a book out I have a book out it's called the knitter's book of finishing techniques by Nancy Wiseman and I bought that one too at your recommendation this was my finishing bible for years and years and I will admit to not pulling it out so much the last few years and it's not necessarily that I've absorbed all the information because I certainly haven't but I have just as a knitter gotten into the habit of just trying something and if it doesn't work I pull it out <laughs> see I was gonna say I've used the internet so That's I will search for too. things before That's I pull true. my book out which yeah. is silly because it's a great book it's spiral bound hardback so it lays flat so yeah that you can it's see a the pictures. really good book but I think you're right I do think a lot of days people just search online for information which is why book sales are going down right yeah <laughs> but there are some fabulous online resources of course I mean you have nitty articles you have videos and not just videos from random knitters but from designers like the woolly worm head grafting That's, video you mentioned I last was, week I was going to bring those up too because in terms of finishing that's always my one recommendation to people learn to Kitchener because there isn't anything mysterious about it and it looks so great Kitchener stitch is when you join two pieces of fabric but instead of having a seam 
you're basically hand sewing in hand knitting another kind of. knit row. Yeah. So it looks just like one continuous piece of fabric. Kitchener's most popularly used to finish the toes of socks because it doesn't create a big bulky seam. That's that's Kitchener or Grafting in its most usual the most most usual way it's used, which is to connect stockinette to stockinette. But Gail mentioned the woolly worm head videos on her website. I think it's woollywormhead.com. We'll put a link in the show notes. But Woolly Wormhead has videos and instructions how to Kitchener or graft garter stitch together. And if you're garter stitching a bump row to a non-bump row, that kind of thing. So really great information, and I have used those videos a lot. I can't remember what I was kitchenering that I was doing garter, but I used those a lot, and I found them to be fantastic. And that's a free resource. And there's another finishing that I recommend highly. It's the Jenny Super Stretchy Bind Off. Mm. And for any bind off that is going to need to have a lot of stretch it's fabulous and just like grafting slash kitchenering a lot of people think it's oh it sounds scary or oh it's hard to learn it's really not they're very simple things to do and jenny's super stretchy bind off is the same exact thing and what it does is it kind of puts an extra not a knit stitch but an extra um width of yarn in between each stitch so mm -hmm. that your bind off is very stretchy. So if you are finishing a toe up sock or if you're finishing maybe even a baby sweater that needs to get over a bigger head, a baby's head, or if you're finishing a shawl that is going to, you really want to be able to stretch that bind off edge in the blocking. It's a fabulous bind off that really has a lot of great functions and it's easy to do. And you even see it in a lot of patterns. Mm -hmm. So it's another finishing yeah that I really like to do. I haven't done it recently, but it's very useful. It is super useful. And then the last thing I wanted to mention is just picking up stitches. A lot of people are really afraid of picking up stitches, but it's easy to pull out if you don't like the results. It's yes. easy to start over again. Just relax. My, What I often tell people is when you poke your needle into the row of stitches just make sure if you're knitting if you're picking up along a straight edge that you always poke into the same line for example the same row of stitches always poke into the same row of stitches so that it's even if you're picking up along a shaped edge just stay uniform by always picking up a half inch or a half stitch or one stitch in both look fine you just need to be uniform about it so that your seam looks even great use for a swatch to practice oh that's true yeah um yeah you know a great trick you taught me on my very first ever sweater way back when you and I were sitting in the coffee shop over by the gym and you showed me, like, for example, seaming in a sleeve cap to the body of a sweater. Uh -huh. You showed me that one of the best ways to make it uniform is to take some kind of, like, stitch marker or clip 
and to do the bottom of the underarm oh. to the bottom of the sleeve, yeah. the top of the the body to the top of the sleeve, and then do it regularly around the edge. So, so that whatever fabric needs to be eased in is evenly distributed exactly. around the sleeve cap. And I'm sure there must be tutorials out there for that I'm as sure well because are. I didn't describe yeah. it very well. <laughs> but I've used that technique every single time yeah. I have seamed something that wasn't just a straight up straight line. Yeah, because I find if you don't, you seam, you seam, you seam, and then you end up with a big chunk, chunk of fabric. Of the that, yeah, you yeah. Have to ease in, it looks like a gather. Yes. Yeah. Inevitably. Yes. So if you have any ideas, tips, tricks, suggestions for different finishing things that we haven't mentioned, please put them in the thread Let's for discuss. this episode because yeah. I would love to hear resources, suggestions that you guys have. And there are haven't. a lot more. We are just about out of time, so we're not going to continue, but yep. we can, if we get a lot more discussion about this going in our Ravelry group, we can continue discussion in another episode. Yeah. For the level of interest that's out there. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that was useful and informative. Hopefully you learned at least one <laughs> little thing out of that, if not several things. Last thing we want to mention is that we are in the middle of the registration process for our Knocker retreat for 2017. Knockers is our retreat that we host along with Barb and Tracy of the Two Knit Lick Tricks podcast. Knockers Northern California Knitting Retreat will be at the St. Francis Retreat Center in San Juan Batista. San Juan Batista. Thank you very much. The dates will be April 7th through 9th this next year with an optional extra Thursday night, which would be April 6th. So if you have attended a knockers retreat in the past, you should be grandfathered in and should have received your registration forms already. If you would like to register and have never attended this retreat, there are limited spaces that will be available on a draw lottery lottery basis. So we will ask you to fill out a registration form to put into the lottery for the extra spaces. And that form is due by November 15th. If you need more information about that, we ask that you check out the Ravelry group for the Northern California Knitting Retreat, or you can check out the thread for the retreat in our group on Ravelry or on the Two Knit Lit Chicks podcast Ravelry group. Yeah, so I will try to remember to put that in the thread for this episode. Okay. And we'll Sounds have it good. in the show notes as well. Sounds so you'll good. have a direct link. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. We always appreciate it. And I really needed this today. I, we say that almost every time mm -hmm. lately. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like by the time two weeks has come around, I really just I'm need to ready sit to and chat with knitting. you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a fabulous two weeks and happy knitting. Bye. Bye-bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gailey Whaley. 
You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gailey Whaley.